The Atlanta Braves continue to look for some upside value on day two of the MLB draft. We'll talk about all of those picks. Also cover the home run derby where Ronald Acuna Jr. is unable to make it out of the first round. We'll discuss that and also set you up for Tuesday night's All-Star game. All that on today's episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see everywhere I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves. And please send me in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button on the video. Subscribe as well and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever we post a new episode. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first to listen each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and we're free and available on all platforms. Today's episode, we're going to continue our coverage of the MLB Draft, uh, day two of the MLB Draft, covering rounds three through ten. And we'll talk about the Home Run Derby as well and set you up for the All-Star Game on Tuesday night, where the Braves will be well-represented. But let's get into the draft coverage. I think that's what most fans are looking at or talking about right now, other than the home run derby, which was exciting. We'll get into later. But the Braves are trying to restock a farm system, a farm system that many think is one of the worst in baseball. And there's reasons for that and good reasons for that. The fact that the Braves have had so many great prospects come up and have immediate success at the big league level and are part of a world series championship team and part of where the Braves are right now this season with guys like Spencer Strider and Michael Harris. And then obviously had to give up some good prospects in the trade for Matt Olson and sent four very solid prospects to the Oakland A's in that deal. So this farm system has been depleted and the focus of this draft is to try to replenish that and start to build up a strong farm system, taking some guys, with some upside potential. And that's what I'm seeing really through the first two days of this draft. And there is one more day. We'll have rounds 11 <clears throat> through 20 on uh, Tuesday, and we'll cover that on tomorrow's podcast. But what I'm seeing through the first 10 rounds is they're taking a lot of unknown players, but players with potential upside and players that honestly, and we'll talk about it a little bit more, players that I don't think they'll have to spend a lot of money on to sign as well. Uh, so again, as I said yesterday, the Braves really changed up their strategy, taking three high schoolers with their first three picks, three high school arms. It's really a change in strategy from what we've seen and a, a bold strategy, a risky strategy, but one that could certainly pay off. And the Braves have done well uh, developing high school arms in recent years. So certainly trust the Braves scouting department and what they have going on. So I you know, am fully confident in these picks and the decisions that they're making. Well, let's get into some of the day two picks for the Atlanta Braves. In round three, they take catcher Drake Baldwin out of Missouri State. And 
I talked about this a lot when prepping for the MLB draft. I thought there was a chance they could take a catcher in the you know second, third round area in order to try to fill up that spot in the farm system, which is really thin. Uh, now that William Contreras is obviously a big part of the Major League roster, they had to trade off Shea Langoliers and the Matt Olson deal. So it made sense that they would target a catcher or two in this draft to kind of create some depth there. And I think Drake does that. Uh, this guy was an all-Wisconsin hockey player in high school, uh, led the state with 43 goals his junior season. And movie Pipeline lists him as one of the best offensive catchers in this draft. He slashed 341, 448, 647 with 19 home runs and 70 runs batted in in 2022 for Missouri State, who's a pretty good baseball school. They had a down year this past season, but they have been a really good baseball school in the past. They made the NCAA Regionals this year despite having a down season overall 37 strikeouts and 37 walks for drake baldwin this year uh, at missouri state didn't play great competition uh, in the league that missouri state is in but hit three home runs in the ncaa tournament and had 10 rbi and that's in three games two of those coming against oklahoma state who's obviously a big school did not uh, get to face justin campbell in that regional that would have been a really good test for him but a catcher with really good plate discipline obviously some big power with 19 home runs good offensive profile behind the plate still developing a little bit um, and has an average arm you know those are areas that are going to have to improve at the next level if he's going to stick at catcher but left-handed bat really good power you know we're talking 20 home run potential uh, as an everyday catcher if he makes it to the big league level so really like this pick to tried to restock the catcher position at the minor league level. Round four, they take David McCabe, third baseman out of UNC Charlotte. Switch hitter, uh, slash 386, 513, 784 with 16 home runs this past season. Had 40 walks to just 28 strikeouts. In 2021, slash 339, 404, 731 with 14 home runs. So, this is a kid that has crushed it at both his past two seasons at UNC Charlotte has always been a great hitter. Injuries have kept him out off of the field a lot in college, but the bat is legit and he can hit most think he'll settle at first base. But of course, now you have the DH in the national league. So that becomes a possibility for all of these players who can hit, but perhaps were either blocked at the next level. Obviously we expect Matt Olson to be at first base for a while for the Braves. Uh, or players that just don't have a position, and uh, and honestly, players that struggle to stay healthy and stay on the field, uh, like it seems like has been a, an issue for McCabe. So, again, you draft the bat, you hope that develops and that continues at the next level, and you find a place to put him in the lineup, and the DH certainly helps that. But this is a, a kid, again, with big power, but also has great patience and has a great eye at the plate. And if that translates over into the professional level, level, which isn't always the case, and you have to take these walk and strikeout numbers in college uh, with a grain of salt because I've seen college hitters who I thought for sure had a great eye and great plate discipline, and they get to the professional level and they're striking out 100-plus times a year, which is pretty much the norm nowadays. But just want to point that out, that just because you walk more than you strike out at the college level, that doesn't always translate over to the big league level, but still, uh, again, that's pretty impressive. 40 walks to 28 strikeouts and a hit for that type of power. So you certainly, again, I think this is a huge upside pick for the Braves here in David McCabe.
And round five, uh, hopefully I'm going to say this right, Ignacio Alvarez, uh, third baseman from Riverside Community College. Going to be honest, there's not much known about this guy. There isn't much information out there to be found. Slash 370, 494, 582 with five home runs and 16 doubles in 48 games with 36 strikeouts to 16 strikes. Another very good walk to strikeout ratio. Uh, he did all that this past season at Riverside Community College. Was in was the All-Star Game MVP in the Sunset Baseball League, which is a collegiate summer league uh, that he played in this past summer. Had a single, a triple, and two RBI in that All-Star Game. So, again, not really much known uh, about Ignacio Alvarez, but, again, a potential, you know, another upside type of pick for the Braves here that's kind of unheralded, unknown a little bit. Uh, so hopefully that pans out and hopefully we'll get to see, uh, get our eyes on him later this year. In round six, Seth Keller, a right-handed pitcher, Hanover High School, the only high school pick the Braves made on day two, set a strikeout record at the USA Baseball's National High School Invitational in the spring with 16. Uh, low 90s fastball tops out in the mid 90s, 95. They're the plus split changeup. His best secondary offering in the low 80s, also a sweeping curve at around that same range. Committed to Old Dominion, just turned 18 in late May, so still a very young uh, high school player, prep player here. Uh, so Seth Keller, right-handed pitcher out of Virginia, was the Braves' sixth-round pick. After going high school heavy on day one, the Braves mostly went the college route on day two other than Keller that I just mentioned that's possibly looking to save money for some of those high picks. We'll discuss more on the draft next. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. And then Blue Nile's bench jewelers will handcraft her perfect engagement ring making each ring one of a kind. And if you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Continuing our coverage of the MLB draft with the round 7 through 10 from day 2. In round 7, the Braves took Adam Mayer, a right-handed pitcher out of Oregon, six foot two hundred three, Has only thrown 34 and two-thirds innings at the college level in the past three years, mostly because of covid was really impressive at the Cape in 2021. Numbers don't stand out to you, but the stuff certainly does. 4.56 ERA at the Cape last summer, 1.286 whip, uh, but 27 strikeouts, 25 and two-thirds innings. Transferred to Oregon uh, this past season and was instantly the team's Friday night starter. Struck out 19 and 15 and two-thirds innings through his first three starts. Starts with a 1.085 whip, but then missed the rest of the season ap after having uh, brace surgery to stabilize his UCL, which anytime you hear UCL, that is a very scary thing uh, to talk about. So definitely a risky pick here. But according to Baseball America, when healthy, Meyer features some of the best stuff in this draft, a potential plus-plus slider 
that he's able to throw for strikes and command well, a mid-80s changeup, and a low 90s two-seamer sinker type pitch. So, again, another type of upside arm here who doesn't obviously have a lot of mileage on the arm, but also a very scary injury this past year with the UCL. You wonder, is that going to lead to Tommy John surgery down the road? But, again, another another player, another pick who kind of unheralded, uh, hasn't played a ton in college, doesn't have a big track record to go off of, but the stuff is certainly there if everything pans out. Could have a, a bit of a diamond in a rough here with Adam Mayer. And round eight, they take J- Jason Franks out of Cal Poly. Uh, again, not a lot of mileage on this arm. Only through four and two-thirds innings his first two seasons. This past year worked as the closer for Cal Poly uh, and had a 3.17 ERA, 1.241 whip, 54 innings, 69 strikeouts, 22 walks, and 11 saves. Low 90s fastball. Only video I saw of him, he was locating the fastball well and really just blowing that fastball by hitters up in the zone, was able to locate it away to righties. Also threw a a slow sweeping curveball at around 72 miles per hour, so that's a really good uh, speed differential there. Looks like he's going to be, you know, a reliever, and, you know, I'm glad to see the Braves kind of drafting guys as relievers. A lot of times you just draft – big arms as starters and then they turn into relievers but i think in today's day and age it's okay to draft somebody who you know is just going to be a reliever and i think that's the case with burt halter who you know they may give a chance in the starting rotation but i think ultimately ends up in the bullpen i think that's the case here with jason franks as well it's two guys that you know you could see moving up to a big league bullpen pretty soon and having an impact. So round eight, Jason Franks, relief pitcher out of Cal Poly. And round nine, this is really the first pick where I don't want to say it's a a throwaway pick, but it's a pick that you're not going to have to spend a lot of money on. And there's just really not a ton of upside here, but Corey Acton, second baseman from Georgia, left-handed hitter. Uh, Corey Acton started at Florida, was a big time prospect coming out of high school, was drafted by the Tigers. Slash 251, 353, 387 with six home runs as a freshman for the Gators. Had similar numbers at the Cape that summer. A rough start in 2020 before the pandemic. Slash 250, 438, 283 with no home runs in 31 games in 2021. And he wasn't much better at the Cape that summer. Transferred to Georgia. And again, similar numbers, 266, 395, 401 with five home runs in 52 games. So, a little bit of improvement for a guy that's been in college for a long time, a guy that was you know, a highly touted prospect coming out of high school. So perhaps he taps into that potential. But this is a pick where, look, you can probably sign him for the, the bare minimum. You get anything out of him at the professional level, it's a win. But this seems like a save money type of pick here with Corey Acton. So, uh, again, I hope it works out. You know, I I watched him a lot and, you know, obviously covering the SEC for College Baseball Nation. And, you know, I love the left-handed swing. It's just not consistent enough. Again, maybe something gets unlocked for him and, uh, you know, he becomes that player that many thought he would be when he first arrived on the scene at Florida. But either way, it's not a pick the Braves are going to have to spend a ton of money on. You can save a lot of money with this pick. In round 10, the final uh, round on day two, They took Andrew Keck, a catcher out of Southeast Missouri State. 
Uh, so again, they get another catcher trying to restock that position in the farm system slash 326, 403, 638 with 17 home runs in 2022. Uh, the home runs were a big jump from the five he hit in 2021. His slugging went up almost 200 points from his junior to his senior season. So a uh, big power potential there again from the catcher position. Overall thoughts off on the first two days of the draft. I have to figure from what I see on day two, they only took one high school player and took one 19-year-old JUCO player uh, that almost no one knew anything about. That leads me to believe that they're planning on spending a lot of money on those three high school players they took on day one. And that's where all that extra bonus pool money is going is for those three picks. I don't really see anybody on day two other than maybe Keller that you're going to have to go over slot for that I've seen so far. Um, So that leads me again to believe that the bulk of their money that they're planning on spending is going for those first three picks that they took on day one. But we'll see obviously what happens on day three as there you know are still some more value picks that you can make later in this draft it's just a 20 round draft now i mean it used to be you know 40 plus uh so you're seeing you know just about every pick here matters there really are no throwaway picks i know i mentioned Corey acton is one that you could potentially save money on but you know there's still a little bit of upside there for a guy who was you know a tooled up prospect coming out of high school Um, So I love what the Braves are doing in this draft overall. One thing I'm seeing is that they're not just drafting guys with power, which they are, but drafting guys with good hit tools, good plate discipline, which I love to see. It's my one complaint with the major league roster right now is yes, there's 30 home run potential for every guy up and down that lineup, but there's just not a lot of guys giving you good at bats each time out there. There's too many all or nothing type bats in the order. Um, but I like to see them kind of, you know, changing that focus a little bit uh, and getting players who, you know, are willing to take a walk, but if the pitcher makes a mistake, they can take them deep. So I'm loving that from these picks that I'm seeing and from the arms that I'm seeing. Again, I, I mentioned this yesterday, just about every arm that they've taken so far, you've heard that they're strike throwers, that they can fill up a strike zone. And I certainly love to hear that, especially for some of these younger arms that you know are already able to command their stuff and you don't have to worry about that as a development issue so i love what the braves are doing with what i'm hearing from some of these picks and what i'm uh, reading up on them i think the braves are having a very solid draft so far and one day left uh, in that draft which obviously we'll we'll cover and wrap up tomorrow and i'll give my final thoughts on but uh next want to just preview the all-star game and talk about uh day three of the draft and what the braves could be do could be doing next from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds you probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar but guess what your friends at built have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment that's right the coconut brownie chunk built bar flavor that you love and a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100 real chocolate It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. They are good for you as well with low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all the delicious flavor. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time, so go to Built.com now to make sure you don't miss out as they are going fast and they taste amazing. All Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you as well. 
their delicious coconut rich sweet brownie creamy marshmallow stop fantasizing get to built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now go to built.com use the promo code locks 15 to get 15 percent off your order again use promo code locks 15 to get 15 percent off at built.com the home run derby was a lot of fun on Monday night, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. hit 19 home runs in the first round. Unfortunately, uh, was topped fairly easily by Pete Alonzo in that round. Just uh, the pitcher, Tomas Perez, that uh, Ronald Acuna had was, I mean, throwing cutters, pitches outside, pitches all over the place. So a lot of winning the home run derby comes down to the pitcher that you have. And are they able to consistently throw the ball in the same spot each and every time? I feel like Perez wasn't able to do that for Acuna, was constantly moving the ball all over the place, and it's kind of hard to get in a rhythm when that's happening. I'm not blaming him, but I thought it was a good showing from Ronald overall. You know, 19 home runs on the night, you know, especially he only had the 30-second bonus round, wasn't able to get uh, the full minute bonus round. I thought that was solid for Acuna, especially, you know, he's obviously a little worn down. You could tell he was a bit tired. Uh, towards the end of that round but I thought he put on a great show hit a 472 foot home run again hopefully this gets him going starts getting some more lift on the baseballs he struggled uh, with hitting a, at a really high ground ball rate in the first half of the season so my hope is this home run derby kind of gets him going we saw it get Juan Soto going last year and he went on a run and speaking of Juan Soto he ended up winning the whole thing um and we kind of saw that in our last series against the Nationals that he was really heating up, hit a couple of home runs in that series. So no surprise there, but really the star of the night was Julio Rodriguez. And I think we oftentimes see that in the home run derby is that not always the person who wins it puts on the best show of the night. Uh, J-Rod put on quite a show, 30 home runs in each of his first two rounds, maybe tired out a bit in that last round and ran out of steam. But uh, he was really impressive, kind of showcased himself as you know, the next wave of young talent in this game. So that was a lot of fun to see Pete Alonso just being completely weird. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's interesting to see this guy treats the home run derby like his life is on the line, which is, it's cool. I love players that, you know, are that intense and that into it and want to win it that badly, but maybe a little bit over the top for Pete Alonso uh, who got taken out in the second round. Um, but really cool from Albert Pujols as well, not just being in the home run derby, but took out my pick to win it, Kyle Schwarber, uh, who just absolutely laid an egg in the first round, uh, and Pujols beat him uh, in a tiebreaker of all things. It's seven home runs in a minute in the tiebreaker to take out Kyle Schwarber. So that was a cool moment for Albert Pujols. Love to see that and all the players giving him the appreciation that that he deserves. As far as the All-Star game, on Tuesday night, hope for a tie. They made a rule that if the game ends in a tie after nine innings, that they'll do a, a home run derby type tiebreaker. So that could be a lot of fun. Acuna batting leadoff, which would be great to see. And then you have the Contreras brothers <coughs> batting um, behind each other in the lineup as well. So that's obviously really cool. I love that connection in this all-star game. Those two brothers getting to play together. Freed not pitching, as was announced over the weekend, uh, after just pitching on Saturday. And Freddie Freeman uh, added to the all-star team. So he gets to play uh, with his former uh, teammates again. Uh, so that'll be neat to see. You got to see a lot of Freddie Freeman at the Home Run Derby as well. He picked Acuna to win the Home Run Derby, which was interesting and made for a lot of fun tweets. But uh, unfortunately, Ronald wasn't able to fulfill that prophecy. 
And then tomorrow we'll continue to cover the draft, day three of the MLB draft, and give you my final just overall thoughts on it in general. We'll talk about the All-Star game as well. But that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thank you for making Locked On Braves your first listen. Again, we'll be back tomorrow covering the All-Star game and wrapping up the MLB draft. Now go ahead and make your second list in Lockdown MLB Prospects, where host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow and covering the MLB draft. Uh, it's available and free wherever you get your podcasts, just like this one. Again, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of the day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves, and you can follow me at shorts.ball. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 